Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome back to the Balance Wand Podcast, Soul on Fire. I'm your host, Jordan Younger, and today we have a solo episode for you. It's been a little bit since I've done a solo episode. They're my favorite way to connect with you guys. It's so fun. It's like we're just hanging out in the same room together. And the purpose of today's solo episode is to celebrate my 30th birthday and to talk to you guys about basically things that I've learned in my 20s, things that I am planning on leaving behind in my 20s, thought processes, things that no longer serve me, the spiritual awakening that I experienced in my 20s that makes me very excited to turn 30 and enter into a new decade, and to celebrate and commemorate all my fellow Libras and my fellow 1990 babies, because I know so many of you who listen to this podcast were born the same year as me, which is really cool, which means that we are entering into our 30th year together. And also, time is an illusion and age is just a number. So if you're listening and you're in your 50s, 60s, I hope that you can still relate to everything I'm saying, and I know and believe that you can, because we are all on this journey of life together. We all learn things at a different time. We all experience things at a different time. And then all the young people who listen to this podcast who are in their 20s or entering into their 20s, I'm always asked for advice that I would give to people who are in their early 20s and advice that I would give to my younger self. So this is the perfect time to talk about that as I enter into my 30s. And I have tried to be so reflective about this time. Usually on my birthday, I celebrate, I I have fun, I do the whole thing, but I don't always enter with intention and reflection. And that was really my goal this year, was to enter this new decade, this new age of mine with so much reflection about things that have taken place over the last several years and all the involvement and growth that has taken place. And like I was saying, the things that I don't want to carry with me that are no longer serving me. And in order to know what those things are, we of course have to get clear on what they are. So I've spent a lot of time this year meditating on this, writing intentions for my 30th year, for my 30th birthday, and really acting on them and really, really doing that hard work, that deep shadow work, um, that many of us avoid, that I have avoided many times in my life so that I can really truly enter into this new decade, this fresh slate with a new outlook and with an exciting new fresh take on what it means to be Jordan. I always say that Jordan before my spiritual awakening, you could call it BSA, Jordan before spiritual awakening or JBSA, was a different person. And I really do feel like I've aged a hundred lifetimes in my twenties and I'm emerging from my Saturn return, which is an astrological phase that happens when people are kind of between the ages of 27 to 29 or 27 to 30. And depending on your whole chart, it will have different karmic lessons and different outcomes. And for me, my Saturn return was completely, completely about my health, which is why I had such a health breakdown and crisis in my 20s. And it was also about work. And it was about work because my Saturn is in Capricorn and 
if your Saturn is in Capricorn, then when you have your Saturn return, you will have a lot of ambition. Um, it's, it's very much associated with business. So a lot of people who have their Saturn return in Capricorn need to deal with what they want to do with business. Maybe they'll create a brand. Maybe they'll go back to school. Maybe they'll get promoted. And for me, it was just all different ways that I have, have changed and evolved and grown my brand over the last few years, especially. And this podcast has been a huge part of that. So emerging from my Saturn return has been huge and exciting, and I'm just so happy to be here and to be talking with you guys all about this today. I also am answering a bunch of your questions that you guys sent in on Instagram. I asked you to do a fun and juicy Q&A with me, and you sent in a bunch of good questions that we will address. And then finally, I am celebrating my birthday all week over on Instagram with a bunch of different giveaways. We're doing a cured nutrition CBD giveaway that is really special and really, really fun. And we are leaving the link in the show notes. So that is for two separate winners to receive $400 worth of CBD products, my favorite cured nutrition products that I use every day. And I'm also giving away a Nama juicer, my favorite juicer that I use every day. I'm sure you've seen it on my Instagram, Instagram stories, because I post about it every single morning with my morning routine of making green juice. It also makes nut milks. It also makes sorbet. And in honor of my 30th birthday, they are partnering with me to give away a juicer to one of you guys. And also, they are upping the discount code BLONDE to give you 15% off if you shop um, any juicer on their site, which is huge just for this week. So both of those giveaways will be running until this coming Sunday. So be sure to enter. You can enter as many times as you want. And for a bonus entry, I will ask you guys to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Send me a screenshot to jordanatthebalancebond.com and that will give you a bonus entry. And I will also give you a free gift, which is my yoga ebook called Soul on Fire which is super special. So let's just get into it from here. There's so much to talk about. So where I wanted to begin was Jordan at the age of 20, because that was a decade ago, and this is all about commemorating the decade. Jordan at the age of 20, I was celebrating my birthday. This was definitely pre-spiritual awakening. And um, I was going to college at Loyola Marymount University, very fun, but not very deep time in my life. I was always seeking something deeper, which is why I think I always was kind of at a crossroads and feeling a little bit torn sometimes because I was not living in alignment with my soul. I had no idea that I was a reflector in human design. I didn't know. I just didn't know anything when it came to my soul's evolvement. So on my 20th birthday, I with a bunch of my friends, got a limo. We went to Hollywood. There was probably 25 of us. We went to a Hollywood club. We had fake IDs. We did the whole thing. Lots of alcohol was involved. I don't even remember the details, but I know the next morning, I'm sure I woke up and was really hungover and was crying and was worried about my boyfriend at the time, Tommy, who was suffering from a very intense drug addiction. 
And that was my life around that time. And whenever I think about that time in my life, I can't believe that that was me, that I was that person. And I remember, and there's nothing wrong with being that person at all. It's just, it doesn't feel like me in my core. I was really seeking something deeper, like I said, but I was just going along with the motions and living the way that I saw everybody else living. And that was really the only way that I knew how to exist and live at that time. So when I started seeing, so I've been, I've been seeing a therapist since I was five. And when I started seeing this new therapist in LA around that time, this incredible um, psychiatrist who really helped me a lot, he, I remember him saying to me, cause he saw something deeper inside of me. And he asked me, would you ever do something crazy? Like, would you ever um, leave college and live on your own or live with one friend or move into an apartment by yourself or something and just do your life differently? Would you ever do that? Because you're so creative. You know what you love. You know what you want to do. Because at the time, what I wanted to do was write novels, and here I am writing a blog, so it's not something entirely different. And he really encouraged me to do life differently than I saw everybody else doing it, because he saw how much it was plaguing me that I was trying to live like everybody else, but it it wasn't easy for me. There was so much within me that wanted a deeper life, that really yearned for a deeper life. And so it's not that he was really encouraging me to drop out of college, but what he was encouraging me to do was to drop out of my sorority, which is where a lot of the partying took place and a lot of events that I had to be at and that kind of thing. And I loved the people that I met and I had a really good experience in my sorority but he saw something within me that needed to do life differently than than was the status quo. So of course, I listened to what he said. I remember him saying to me, what would that feel like? Like, what would that feel like in, in your body if you started to really do life differently and live by yourself and let of, instead of living with six girls and went off on your own and taught yoga and was writing and don't you know that you would be completely safe and fine? And I remember thinking it would feel amazing. And I remember saying to him, it would feel amazing in my body. It would feel so calm. But I also was just not prepared to do things differently than the status quo. At the time, I was very concerned with being normal, quote unquote, and having these experiences that I thought everyone should have and taking every opportunity and being extremely social and doing all those things. And I don't regret any of this, by the way. I'm just kind of setting the scene for you to show you what I was like at the very beginning of my last decade. And when I was 21, I studied abroad. I lived in Italy. It was a beautiful time. And it was there that I really started to have more spiritual experiences. So beyond yoga, which was always my steady mainstay in my life, I remember thinking, I want to 
I want to go to like an ashram or I want to go, I want to go to the Italian countryside and do a silent retreat instead of go to Greece and go on this party bus and do this whole thing. And I didn't really listen to my intuition fully because I didn't end up doing those things like the silent retreat or the ashram, but the seed was planted and it was on that trip that I officially turned 21 so I could drink and go to all the clubs and do that. Um, Although I guess in Europe, you can do that when you're 18 anyway. And that's when I lost all interest for doing those things. And instead, I wanted to stay in. I wanted to go to sleep early. I wanted to wake up and walk on the streets of Florence and write my novel that I was working on. And that's when things started to take a turn for me. And I also had the idea at that time to start a blog, which I then started the following year. So I would say that was kind of when I became more, a little bit more like the Jordan that we know now, who just follows her heart, goes based off of her intuition, does do things differently. And I really did stop being so concerned with trying to quote unquote, be like everybody else at that time and started to kind of do my own thing a little bit more, which was really cool. And then at the age of 22, I graduated college, started my blog, moved to New York and started grad school. So tons of things happened at that age of 22. And when I was 23, kind of started my first product line for the Balanced Blonde, which was my TBV apparel and my cleanse programs. And I was starting to get into the entrepreneurial spirit. And I was also starting to get into spirituality in a bigger way, where I was meditating a lot more. I was having experiences that in my heart I knew were visionary experiences or aligning more with my psychic abilities, but I didn't really understand what was going on until um, probably the age of like 25 when I started doing kundalini classes, meeting more spiritual teachers in my life and mediums that could explain to me what was going on. And then I started to have spiritual experiences and then my health started to break down ferociously. And that was when, I think a lot of you guys know this, I had just started my podcast. I was living in a moldy environment and I started experiencing eczema all over my body. And then I looked into it and realized that I was experiencing an early Saturn return. So based on my whole birth chart, my Saturn return actually happened a little bit early and lasted quite long. It lasted until we got married last year, kind of right after our honeymoon. So my Saturn return ended earlier than most people's, but started earlier than most people's. And then I really started to experience the dark night of my own soul which lasted and lasted and lasted and lasted. And then it all really culminated maybe last year when things got really deep, really, really deep. I'd had plant medicine experiences. I had full on visions that started to come true. Um, And the psychic abilities just became more real than what I experienced here on this earth. And I just stopped caring. I just threw caution to the wind. Who 
cares about living like everybody else anymore because that's not what life is all about. We came to this earth to be living our unique, beautiful, individual selves, and there's nothing normal about living like everybody else, and there's nothing normal about trying to be normal either. Like that's not exciting and that's not deep and that's not profound. And so I just started to really view life differently. And wow, like that is why I say I feel like I've aged a hundred years in a decade because I also learned during this time, like I had experiences where I started to have memories of me as a great, 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 great grandmother tree and tale as old as time, this like grandmother soul, so wise, so ancient in so many ways. And then I looked at this life and realized we are all souls having a human experience. And that was something I realized around the age of 28. So the last two years have been basically an exercise in letting go and an exercise in surrender. And even lately, because I think my subconscious knew that entering into my 30s, I would really want and need to purge so much of the stuff that plagued me really throughout my 20s, which was like wanting to be perceived in a certain way. And I saw this quote, this really interesting quote that Jay Shetty said on Gwyneth Paltrow's podcast. So I'm going to pull it up. Okay, I pulled it up. This is a Charles Cooley quote that was quoted by Jay Shetty. And it says, I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And that is so profound and that is so huge. So I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And I know I kind of noticed at the end of my 20s that I was really thinking in that way. And I think as humans, that's something that we do. So what that means is like, if you, the person listening, thinks I'm funny, if you think I'm intelligent and smart and engaging and fun and beautiful, then I think very highly of myself. And I think all those things that you see in me, that I think you see in me at least. And that's the funny thing is we're always projecting what we think other people think about us when most of the time we have no idea. And then if you, if you think or if I think you think that I am stupid and I'm this terrible podcast host and I'm annoying and all these different things, then I'll start to feel really bad about myself. And so what I found I was doing, and this is just human nature, was I I would project what I thought the people around me thought about me. And I really started doing this a lot when I was sick. So when I was sick with... um with Lyme disease and mold illness and wasn't able to get out of bed and was just exhausted and not myself for the last few years, I would just constantly think, well, this person thinks that I'm I'm not a good friend anymore, or this person thinks that I'm not trying anymore, or this person must just think I'm boring now because I don't drink anymore and I'm not at all who I was when I was 21. Um, And these stories became so huge, so huge in my mind until I realized that they were, they were exactly what I'm saying they are. They were stories 
They were not true. They were figments of my imagination, but they took on a life of their own. So basically, maybe three or four months ago, I decided, I mean, I noticed how out of control those thoughts were getting. And I wanted to enter into my 30s, kind of like abolishing those thoughts and those feelings, which is hard because it's human nature. And this is a way of thinking that is perpetuated by our society and a way of thinking that I've kind of been living in my entire life. So especially as a Libra, we really see ourselves the way we think other people see us and the people's opinions who are closest to us, they really matter. And it doesn't mean those opinions don't have to matter. It just means we should really pay attention to are those opinions actually happening or are we thinking that that's what someone's opinion of us is? And what I really started to realize is if I feel good about the person that I am, the friend that I am, the podcaster that I am, the daughter and sister that I am, and wife and aunt, then does it really matter what I think someone else thinks? No. And then I realized if if I care what they think, that means it's because I feel that way to a certain degree. So I've kind of gone on a quest for the last three or four months to become the person that I'm proud of, to become someone that I could be the most proud of. And I already was that way. I mean, I try to live life that way regardless. I've kind of tried to be that way my whole life. But now those stories that I was making up in my head and realizing maybe that person doesn't feel that way about me. Maybe I feel that way about me and I don't want to feel that way anymore. So I simply stopped doing those things. And in any way that I felt like I wasn't a good enough friend or a good enough person, I just did more. I just reached out more. I just made the effort. And it was simple as that. And then I realized, you know what? I It's so easy to be the kind of person that you want to be, that you think you should be, that you admire in others. And I started to really embody that. And so I think my word going into my 30th year is embody, to embody the kind of human that I admire and that I most desire to be. And that's what I've started to do is to embody exactly that, exactly who that person is. So I think you guys have probably seen me on Instagram talking about Jordan 2.0. And Jordan 2.0 is simply the embodied version of everything that I know I am in my heart and things that kind of took a back seat when I was very sick. And I think sick just became an excuse for me, like, oh, I was very sick, so I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. And I think we all have our excuses, whether we get sick with a chronic illness or not. And that just happened to be mine. But... um Gosh, letting go of that, shedding the layers is so huge. And I really had this notion and this feeling that the second half of 2020 for me was going to be so huge and so powerful and was really going to embody, to use that word again, a lot of things that I've been waiting for and a lot of things that I've been seeking for a really long time. And it certainly has, like... The things that have taken place over the last month alone are totally earth-shattering. Conversations that I have had with close people in my life are like the conversations that I've been wanting to have forever. 
And I think we just build things up in our minds to the point where it just feels like a fantasy, like the fairy tale that's never going to happen. Well, I just decided every fantasy in my head, every fairy tale in my head, I was going to make it happen. And so I did. And it's been amazing. And it's been really fun to connect with people, the people who are closest to me on this deep level that's really important to me. Because part of stepping into this embodied Jordan 2.0 is to have no surface level relationships. They don't serve me. If someone is kind of stuck at the surface, I have compassion for them. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I want to help them. I want to be there. But I'm also not going to make it my issue. And I'm not going to take it on as if it's my own to change or to pull them deeper or to get them away from that surface level of living. And instead, I'm focusing on the depth in all the people who who I love and focusing on my own depth. And when you're focusing on your own, it makes it quite easy to draw it out of others and to have these deep, meaningful connections. So my connections, they feel more solid than they've ever felt. And we're human. And as much as important as it is to go inward and to go on this solitary journey, and I certainly have been on the dark night of my own soul, it's then very important to emerge from that and to integrate. And I think that that's what I've been doing this year, which was hard to do during COVID. But during the beginning of COVID and quarantine, that's when I really got to do a lot of that deep work because all of a sudden life wasn't too busy, quote unquote, to actually go inward. And those two water fasts I did earlier this year, they really helped me to embark on the dark night of my own soul. I witnessed the death of my ego. I witnessed the death of who I once was, who I used to be, quote unquote. And, um, and was really able to see that person in a super clear light and, to take everything I've learned and then to move forward. And it's exciting. So I, for one, I feel so excited about where things are moving and where things are heading. And with my spiritual journey, with my awakening, things are only getting deeper. Things are only getting more and more beautiful. This year, I started channeling in my own voice, which is huge, which is something that I could have only formerly dreamed of. And I think me stepping into this embodied whole version of myself is welcoming in that phase of awakening and channeling. And I've been leading people through my Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul course um, for the second time, for the second live time. And to go on this journey with them is so fun. And to also hear kind of how far I've come since the beginning of creating this nine-step awakening program, which is Waking Back Up to Your Own Soul, and we'll leave the link in the show notes to that course, is so wild because I know this course is so deep and brings people on a very, very, very deep awakening, healing journey. And re-listening to it now and doing the course again with this amazing group of people It has shown a light to me on, again, like how deep the last year and a half has been for me because although this course is so deep, I have gone depths far deeper now than this. And it's because I'm allowing and surrendering the evolvement to happen. 
And it's so exciting. And so now everything that I could have always dreamed of at the age of 30, being married, having this beautiful business that I have with this incredible community of humans, my family surrounding me, these deep, meaningful friendships, this deep connection with myself on a spiritual level, which is really what I was lacking in my early 20s, which is what I was getting at when I was talking about me in my younger years. Beautiful home, living by the beach, all these things, anything I could have ever imagined and hoped that I would have at the age of 30 is here. And it's not about having things. It's not about what you have or what you don't have when you enter this new phase of life. It's it's all about the feeling and the feeling behind it now is happy and blissful and calm and embodied, whereas the feeling behind all these same things, even nine months ago, was like I was very unsettled. I was very anxious all the time. I was still very sick. I was very concerned about a lot of things. And now I really just feel so much more at peace. And it's so exciting and it's so huge. So that's kind of a little bit about the decade journey, and I feel like I could go way deeper, but the main takeaway is that I learned that I'm an eternal soul having a human experience. I'm a very old soul, which means that although I'm 30 here, I've had infinite lifetimes, just like many of us have, all of us have, and I'm also so young at heart. Like I still feel like I'm 15 or 11. And being with Jonathan, being with the love of my life brings that inner child out of me. We have so much fun. We play like we're little kids. And life really is about not taking yourself too seriously. And I always tell my closest friends, if I ever start to take myself too seriously, and if I ever start to be one of those people who's like saying something that just sounds so annoying because they're taking themselves so seriously, please just like slap me and don't let me do it because I don't ever want to be like that. And, um, I truly believe that like the gift, one of the huge gifts of life is is to know that life is supposed to be fun. And that's what I've really learned as I'm entering this 30th year. More and more and more, life is supposed to be fun and we are allowed to overcome our struggles. I used to be so defined by my struggles and by the drama. I always needed to have the drama like what's what's going wrong here what's going wrong there and my ex-boyfriend who has this drug addiction problem and I'm so concerned and like I need to go to Bali and search for my soul and all that stuff don't get me wrong it was part of the journey and it all had its place and everybody should go to Bali and search for their soul if they have the opportunity Um, But what I'm saying is I created so much drama there that didn't need to be there, but I did anyway. And it was all part of the journey, all part of the path. And here I am. I found so much forgiveness for these areas of my life where I used to have a lot of pain. Forgiveness is huge. So I think if I were to go back and give advice to my younger self, I would say, number one, 
The drama is not fun and not necessary. Life is so much more fun without drama. Let go of all those things and those issues that you think are so important because they're really not. And just live in the flow and know that when you release that drama, that's when the magic will really come. Another piece of advice I would give myself in my young 20s is that hard times are coming. Very, very hard times with a lot of sickness and a lot of pain, and you're going to be able to overcome it, and you're going to meet the dark night of your own soul, and every time your intuition tells you to do something, listen, listen, and do just that because it your intuition is so strong, and it's there to guide you. So the more you ignore your intuition, the sicker you will get, which is exactly what happened with me. So... Listen to that intuition, even when it tells you something that terrifies you, even when it tells you something that is going to set you apart from the crowd and make you feel very not normal, quote unquote, for quite a long time. Listen, because there's nothing more important than following the guidance of your intuition and seeing where it takes you. Number three would be really, truly do not take life so seriously. Everything works itself out in the end. Number four, don't talk negatively about people because when you do, you're really opening an energetic portal that's negative and probably opening an energetic portal for people to also talk negatively about you. So instead of seeing the negative in people and getting wrapped up in the drama, think instead about seeing the best in people And if you really do see something dark in someone, send them a lot of love and move on. Don't focus on it. It's it's the same thing with not focusing on the drama because some people are dealing with a lot of darkness and the best thing you can do is send them compassion and move on rather than getting sucked into their darkness, which can happen quite easily. And number five would be travel as much as you can because you don't know what's going to happen in 2020 and that the world is going to change quite a lot. So travel while you can, soak up so many experiences, let yourself fall madly deeply in love with Jonathan. It's going to be an absolute roller coaster ride. And again, in your relationship, don't take things too seriously. Life is meant to be joyful and fun. And the more that you can find yourself living in the flow, the more enjoyable and fun life will be. And everything will just get infinitely better from there. I would also tell myself, don't worry about being sick at your wedding because you're not going to be. You're going to be radiantly and abundantly healthy and happy That's such a huge thing I would tell myself because I worried about that for an entire year. And I would also tell my very young 20 self, both of your parents are going to be such integral parts of your business and your brand. Trust them. They are so wonderful. They are your best friends. One day they're going to be living above you in your building. And although when I was in my very early 20s, I missed them so much. Being away from home in college was really hard for me at times, and just to know that's a phase of life. It will make you so much stronger, but that's not life forever. Those would be some tips, and also study astrology and human design and all the things that can can help you get to know yourself better. 
And spirituality is so much beyond yoga. Yoga is amazing. It's physical. It's it's mental. It's beautiful. But there's so many ways to dive deeper. Um, you're going to find incredible mediums and teachers and spiritual teachers who are going to help you on your journey. So just lean in, listen to what they have to say, and do it all. And my advice to myself right now would be to keep following my creative pursuits and passions because there's so much I want to do that I haven't done yet and not to get discouraged or um, not to get too sucked into what's happening on social media every day because there's so many deeper things that want to pour out of me, which are in the form of books and they're totally going to happen. So... There is some advice for my younger self and for anybody who is in their early 20s, mid-20s, approaching the age of 30, or anyone who knows that time is an illusion and age is just a number. So that is some fun stuff for you to think about. And before I get into the Q&A and answer all the amazing questions that you guys sent in, I want to thank both of our sponsors, Cured Nutrition and Bioptimizers. So Cured Nutrition, as I mentioned, we are doing a very special giveaway for my birthday, and I'm so grateful for them. You should listen to Joseph Sheehy, the founder of Cured Nutrition, on episode 180 of the Balance Bond podcast to learn all about CBD, how it really helped and saved his life when he was going through a lot of mental health Um, struggles earlier in his 20s and how nature really has been such a huge part of his life and my life. You can use the code BLONDE, B-L-O-N-D-E, to shop all Cured Nutrition products. And some of my favorites are their mint tincture, which I take before bed, their pain salve, which I use for joint pain with Lyme and um, just a lot of physical pain I've experienced with chronic illnesses and things that I've been through in my 20s. I take their Cured Aura product every morning that has functional mushrooms in it and also has CBD in it. So it kind of helps balance out that coffee in the morning. I love their Rise product, which is something to take in the morning. It's all about getting shit done and feeling good about it. There's no THC, so it won't get you high. All their products are gluten-free and vegan, have all natural ingredients. And in that Rise product and also in Aura, You will find adaptogens, CBD, and functional mushrooms. And to enter this very special giveaway that we have going on for my birthday, which is $400 worth of CBD product, just head to the um, link that we will have for you guys in the show notes. And all you have to do is follow us both on Instagram and add your Instagram handle into the link there. And I cannot wait to give back to you guys and give you some of these products that I'm just obsessed with. So you can always shop Cured Nutrition with the code BLONDE and then be sure to enter that birthday giveaway. And to get to our second sponsor, Optimizers. If there is one mineral that you should be worried about not getting enough of, it is magnesium. Magnesium is the body's master mineral, powerful over 600 critical reactions. 
including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, and even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. And there are two big problems here. Magnesium has been largely missing from U.S. soil since the 1950s, which explains why it's estimated that up to 80% of the population may be deficient. And also, most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are at least seven that your body needs and benefits from. That's why I'm so excited to tell you about a new magnesium product I've been taking called Magnesium Breakthrough. It is the ultimate magnesium supplement, easily the best I've ever seen or experienced with all seven forms of this mineral. And I'm even more excited now because it's finally back in stock. Magnesium Breakthrough has been selling faster than the company who makes it by optimizers has been able to keep up with. It's already sold out a few times and due to supply shortages with everything going on in the world, it could very well sell out again very soon. So the Soul on Fire tribe was able to arrange for some stock to be set aside just for our audience and I can guarantee it's the best deal available on this product. So with volume discounts combined with our custom 10% coupon code BLONDE10, you can save up to 40% off select packages of Magnesium Breakthrough. So that is such an amazing value that I'm so excited to share with you guys. This deal is exclusively for our TBB tribe, and it's only for a limited time. So say goodbye to having to buy seven different bottles of magnesium to get the complete dose. For the fastest possible shipping times, go to www.bioptimizers.com blonde and use the coupon code BLONDE10 to save up to 40% off of select packages, to get the most full spectrum and effective magnesium product ever, that is B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com slash blonde, code blonde10, and I cannot wait to hear what you guys think. Tag me on Instagram when you try them. Now let's get into your Q&A. So a lot of people wanted to know if we are planning on having kids, and I think um, because one of my main goals for a long time throughout my 20s, especially my late 20s, has been to get my body healthy enough to carry a baby and have a baby after having a lot of health issues, the answer is 100% yes, and it feels like a very timely time to answer this question not because we're in any huge rush, but just because the time is coming. Jonathan and I both feel really ready to be parents. We feel the energy of our baby, little spirit baby coming in like so strong. So I do think that's going to happen soon. I don't know how soon. Soon is all relative, but um, we're so excited to be parents and we can't wait. I've always wanted to be a mom. He's always wanted to be a dad, and I know I totally, there's a lot of people out there who have not had that same calling to be parents, but Jonathan and I feel it so strongly, so we're very excited for that day to come, and that is such a fun question to kick off the Q&A with. So now let's get into the next question. My Modern Mantra asks, who are your spirit guides, and what is the context of some of your past lives? So my main spirit guides are actually my grandparents, my ancestors, my dad's dad, Papa, and my mom's mom, 
my Nana, both of whom, well, my Nana passed away when I was six and my Papa passed away when I was, what, it was probably like 23. Um, They are actually my main spirit guides. So they're my ancestors. They're with me all the time. Anytime I have a question, they're there to answer it. My grandmother has been super clear that she brought Jonathan into my life and that that was very predetermined, predestined by her, which I just think is so cool. And yeah, they're always there. I also have a lot of Pleiadian guides, the alien guides, like I've talked to you guys about before. So anytime I have a pressing question about what's going on in the world or with my health, I talk to the Pleiadians and they're very clear with me. For example, I had a lot of thoughts during all of COVID, like, do I want to live in LA? Is there a place that I would be happier? And the Pleiadians kept telling me very clearly over and over again, Wherever you go, there you are. You're not going to be happier in a different place. Um, So anything that you're working on within yourself, work on it within, and then you can move wherever you want. But basically moving somewhere is not going to solve those um, discomforting feelings in you. So the Pleiadians have been very clear with me about that, and they're super helpful. Um, They're also speaking through me on the podcast all the time. So you guys hear their wisdom all the time. Even when we don't realize that they're coming through, they're always coming through. They're very special. What is the context of some of my past lives? So in one past life that I've seen, I was an author in Europe. Um, I think it was like the late 1800s, early 1900s, and I was a very well-known female author, but I'm pretty sure if I saw the details correctly in the past life that I wasn't getting credit for my work and that my books that I was writing were actually going out in my either my husband's name or the name of like a male friend of mine because back then of course women were not really allowed to work in that way and to and to write books um in the same way that they are now. So that was something that I saw really clearly. I also saw another European past life where I had a young son who pa- and then I passed away. So I kind of passed away and like my young son was very upset and I promised him we will be together again no matter what and the wild thing is and I've seen this very clearly in a lot of past life regressions and spiritual work that I've done. Hudson, my cat, was it is the soul of that little boy. So I promised him we would be together again, and he came and found me in this lifetime. We have this unreal spiritual connection between us. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced it with an animal or with a human. It is like nothing I've ever experienced in my life. And when we stare into each other's eyes, I see so many cool past life stories and he shares so much with me. He's also shown me that he, Hudson, the soul of Hudson, was a mentor to me in past lives, like a business mentor. And he came to this life to really help out with the Balanced Blonde and with the message and the mission um, of making the world a better place. So that was a past life that I saw. And then another past life that I saw was way back, many, many, many years prior, 
Um, My dad, Byron, who's my dad in this lifetime, was my dad in that lifetime. I've seen him in every lifetime, by the way. So we are always together and he's always my father, which just proves that we are souls that travel in a soul family. If you've never heard of that, I would recommend reading the book Journey of Souls. We really truly travel in our soul families. It's the coolest thing ever. Um, My dad is so special to me. So in that lifetime, he was a cobbler. He made shoes and he jokes about it now because he is more of a skeptic, but he he knows. He'll be like, oh yeah, remember when I was a cobbler? Because he believes me, even though he's skeptical, because I've come back with like the clearest info for him sometimes and it's quite undeniable. So those are some past lives and I love going into past lives. It's so much fun. Um, Expanded Expander says, talk about your opinions on COVID and the country's ongoing quarantine despite depression, financial despair, etc. So I have a lot of opinions about this. The first thing I will say is that COVID is very real and watching someone who I really admire, Amanda Klutz, lose her husband to COVID very publicly. His name was Nick Cordero. He was a very famous Broadway actor and just he was a father and a husband and an amazing human. He was a healthy young person who died from COVID and those stories break my heart more than anything and I stand behind Amanda 100% and anyone who has lost a loved one due to COVID and I know that the death rates are so low. It's something like 0.001 or something at this point. And I understand the frustration from people who have been cooped up and from people who really feel that um, they should be back out in the world and that we should all be getting back to life as normal because the death rates are lower than the seasonal flu. Um But I always think of Amanda Klutz and I always think of her husband, Nick, and I just think about what they've been through and what that could be for any of us. Like if we were the one person who caught, who caught that fluke version of COVID that killed a young, healthy person, like it just breaks my heart. So there's the part of me that respects so much that this is a real disease that families have been torn apart and they've lost people, whether they be elderly or not, um, the people who they've lost. And it really, really, really hurts my heart. And then on the other hand, I wish that our country was talking more about nutrition and more about natural immunity and immune boosters like herbs and um, immune boosting foods and all these things that I have been and, and my fellow, you know, health warriors have been talking about for years because you can boost your immune system naturally with things like zinc and things like quercetin and vitamin C and vitamin D and getting outside. So I think there's definitely something to be said for the whole mental health aspect as well. And people have been cooped up inside for so long. And it's devastating to watch small businesses closing and failing because they're not able to be up and running for all these months now for 
gosh, what's been like the majority of the year. So my thoughts, my heart goes out in a lot of different directions. And what I think is so corrupt about our medical system and our government is that people are not talking about natural healing and the fact that we, if we could, if we could focus on healthy food, plant-based food, herbs, exercise, etc., we could greatly reduce our susceptibility to falling incredibly ill from not just COVID, but the flu and complications from COVID and the flu. And I also just never want to disrespect those who have lost a loved one to COVID because I know there can be that occasional healthy person who ate really well, who took the herbs, who did the immune boosting stuff and still passes away or has a horrible reaction to some complication from COVID and my heart breaks there. So if I could say one thing and my main thing on that is that if we could all focus on our nutrition and our exercise and our health and get outside and wear a mask in a respectful way, um, but start seeing our loved ones again and the people who are close to us, that would be my ideal right now because my heart really breaks as well for people who have been inside, who have been cooped up. For my nanny, for example, who's in her 80s and really hasn't been able to see friends or family in so long. She lives alone. My heart breaks for her. She's finally going on some distant walks, um, with family and friends outside, but I know it took a number, did a number on her mental health. And as she was telling me, Jordan, this is, these are the years of my life where I want to be with my family and enjoy and be with my friends. And my heart breaks in that way because I just feel like we all people and the and people who are in charge don't know what to do and haven't handled it correctly at all. And I would love to see some small businesses being able to open back up. Um, I'm talking about California, by the way, where things have been closed. Fitness studios have not reopened. So I don't know where you, where people are listening in from, but I'm coming from a place in California where a lot of stuff is still closed. Um, I would love to see a new approach where there's a big focus on immunity and things can start to open back up. And then lastly, the vaccine, and this is like such a controversial topic, I can't even believe that I'm mentioning it right now, but I personally will not be getting the vaccine and perhaps I will leave it at that. And I will also tell you to do your own research when it comes to that kind of stuff. I don't judge, just like I was talking about earlier in the episode, I practice the art of stoicism, so I don't talk negatively about people, I don't think negatively about people to the best of my ability, and um, I don't judge anyone else's choices, and I hope also that, that you will not judge mine, but yeah, do your research when it comes to the vaccine, I have some really strong opinions about that. And perhaps I will bring on my holistic doctor to talk about that soon and our thoughts on diseases that are caused by vaccines in this country. Very, very, very corrupt. Um, so there's that. And I really hope that we can see a lot more things opening up in 2021 and that people can return to the arms of their loved ones because that is what life is all about. 
And to add one more thing about my thoughts about COVID, I have noticed that the news and the media have gotten very dark and are perpetuating a lot of fear. That is not all news and all media, but for the most part, there's so much fear being spread around. And I really resonated with what Peter Crone shared when he came on the podcast a few weeks ago. So if you want kind of a deeper look into my thoughts on the fear and not getting sucked into the fear, listen to that episode with Peter because I agree with every single word that he shared. And I also just wanted to add that we as light workers on the planet, our job is to transmute light and love. And that's not what's being shared in the media right now. There's so much fear. If you open a newspaper, which I haven't done in forever, but I open my iPad all the time and I see what's at the top of the news cycle and it's always death. It's always destruction. It's always this is happening and this is how the world is ending and this is how everything is going to shit. And our job as workers of the light is to share the fifth dimensional consciousness of love. People who are wrapped up in the news are just, first of all, fearful. So no judgment whatsoever. People who are very scared. I'm, I, I know, I'm sure we all have friends and family who are terrified still to step outside. And I totally get that. And I totally respect how anybody chooses to approach what's going on in the world right now. But I think if I could give a word of wisdom and advice to everybody listening, because I've talked to the Pleiadians about this, I've talked to my higher self, they always say, only love is real. Return to love. They say that there's absolutely no state of physical decline or damage that you could not recover from. If only you knew your own innate power, and if only you knew that you could heal. So basically... It's, it's what they talk about is miracles. Miracles can happen every day because they are the natural order of things. Miracles are not rare. They're not even like, oh my gosh, miraculous. I can't believe this has happened. It's what happens when people stand in their power. We're supposed to thrive. And if anything, that's what I want to share with people who are caught up in the fear cycle, the very third dimensional fear that is being perpetuated and talked about and shared in the world right now. So we, we light workers, I keep saying that word, but everybody listening to this podcast is standing in the light and I feel you, I feel your light. And anytime people ask me to address this question, I just want to say we have the power to keep ourselves safe. That doesn't mean that we are immune from COVID, but it, what it does mean is that we are immune from the fear and these, um, these very negative, dark approaches to life. So if anybody in your life is caught up in that fear cycle, just remind them in a very like lead by example kind of way that they have the power. We are all fine. We're all safe. We can boost our immunity with food and supplements and lifestyle and we will be fine. That's my opinion. So that doesn't negate all of the deaths that has happened and my heart goes out to anyone who's lost a family member or a loved one to COVID, but I do believe that there is way too much fear being perpetuated in the media and that we can take a step back from that and we can speak our voices and make our voices heard so that the love is heard just as much as the fear. So that would be my two cents on that question. And I hope that it can bring you a little bit of peace that I know when I speak to these higher dimensional realms, realms. They tell me everything's going to be okay. 
COVID is going to go away and it will go away when more people raise their consciousness here on earth. And I know that that's a bit of a controversial thing, but that's what they've said to me. So that's what I choose to hold on to. So what I choose to hold on to is we can help raise the vibration everywhere with everyone in our lives by just living it, not faking it, but living it. And yeah, I hope that answers the question because I have a lot more to say, but I just want to be respectful to all parties, which is a very hard thing to do. Nora Pogosian, I hope I just said that right, asks, what is the thing or multiple things that you like the most about yourself? And what is the main thing you would want to work on in yourself as you enter this new decade? So the thing that I like the most about myself is probably um, my dedication and my love to the people in my life, my friends, my family, my husband. If you are in my inner circle, then you are loved so fiercely. You probably receive your horoscope every day and information about your human design and texts from me telling you how much I love you and calls and make fun plans and all that kind of stuff because I really, really, really love and admire and honor the people in my life. And I I love that about myself because that is the energy that I would like to receive back in my life. Um, That's probably one of my favorite things about myself is the way that I express my love and the depth of love that I have for people. One thing that I would like to change or work on in myself, I'm so sensitive. I would love to be able to deal a little bit better with some of the negativity that comes my way and not take it so personally, which is a big thing that I have overcome in my 20s, but I definitely have a lot further to go. And then I also just want to be better about my daily spiritual practice and spend a lot less time on my phone and social media as we all get those text messages or whatever every Sunday that tell us our screen time on an iPhone. It's pretty horrifying. The numbers are very high. My goal is to get those numbers down, spend less time on technology, more time in nature, writing and reading and with people that I love. So that's a big um, change that I hope to make all throughout my 30s and in this new decade. Healthy with Carly says, do you and Jonathan eat most meals together when you're at home? Yes. So right now, Jonathan is back in his office and he's working late again. He just prefers, he's a really hard worker, kind of a workaholic during the weeks. And I like to eat dinner really early. So some nights I would say we do eat dinner together. Like tonight, he's coming home early and we're going to dinner with some friends, probably half and half, but I love to eat alone. And that's part of my human design profile as a reflector is to eat alone. Um, that's what I learned from my dear friend and human design chart reader, Jenna Zoe, that eating alone is part of my human design profile. I digest the best when I eat alone. I can focus fully on the food. So I fully don't mind eating without him on those nights where he's working late. But when I do get to eat with him, it's always fun. We love to eat the same things. He's all up for trying all my vegan creations and he's vegan too. And that has been actually a huge, um, exciting thing in my 29th year was getting Jonathan to go vegan with me. We have so much fun being plant-based together. He is a very good cook. Everybody loves Jonathan's vegan tacos. 
And um, yeah, we're all about it. So that's my answer there. Coyote Cassidy says, did you ever try bee venom therapy? I'm currently trying it and wondering your thoughts on it. So that was her question. Um, I never did try bee venom therapy. I was so close to starting it last year. My friend Holly came over with her bees and showed me how she stings herself and she's using it to heal from Lyme. And I really believe in it. I've seen it work wonders for her and for a lot of other people that I know. My very close friend Lily is doing bee venom therapy. We did our water fast together um, and I get the updates from her all the time about BVT. I have had some of my own personal hesitations, which is that I know it's a long-term commitment and like you guys now know, I really want to have kids soon and you can't do bee venom therapy when you are pregnant or trying to get pregnant. It's not advised. And although I'm not currently trying to get pregnant, um, I know that that two to three year commitment of bee venom therapy probably is not the right timing for me right now, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't do it in the future. So it's something that I continuously think about. I think it's amazing. And for anybody who's doing it right now, I am so happy that you're doing it and you'll have to let me know how it works for you. So the next question is Love Chef Laura. Have you tried any other diets like paleo, keto, et cetera, besides veganism? If so, what about veganism resonated with you and what was lacking in the other diets? So that is a great question. If you followed me for a long time, then you probably remember the days when I was keto and when I was paleo and when I was diehard, not into carbs and did it all. Um, So basically my whole trajectory was that I was vegan from the age of like 19 to 23 or so. And then, well, actually I was vegetarian starting from 14. And then for a few years, 24, 25, I tried everything. I really swung the pendulum in the other direction from veganism and I was keto and paleo. And I listened to a lot of nutritionists who really preached that way of life to me. Um, And I was in search of trying to regulate my hormones and feel better. And I had a lot of skin issues. And what I didn't know is that I was suffering from Lyme disease and mold illness. But at the time, I truly had no idea. So I was just like, this must be diet related. So I was trying a bunch of different things. And I was diehard keto for a while super high fat, eating eggs and bacon and drinking this keto powder every day to stay in ketosis. And I can honestly tell you, I was so heavy. I was so unhappy. Um, I was about 35 pounds over the weight that I am now, which is like my healthy ideal weight where I am now. Um, So 35 pounds more than that. I was training for a marathon. I I ran the LA marathon. So you would think with all that cardio, my body would be strong and fit, but I had so much extra weight. I I felt so disgusting, truly. Not because of the weight. I just didn't feel myself at all. My skin was a mess. I had cystic acne. I had rashes all over my body. I had insomnia. I just, nothing was was working for me when I was keto. And then I also kind of did the whole paleo thing for a long time too. And when I was really keto, I had no fruit, no carbs, um, and I never had energy. 
and I just didn't feel my best at all. And so it was really when I started dating Jonathan and I had been with him for about a year that he said to me, you know, you feel your best when you're eating plant-based and you feel your worst when you're eating meat and eggs and these things that really don't seem to agree with you. So you should really try the plant-based life again. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. I was so diehard vegan. The vegan community really like messed with me. They were so mean to me when I was going through all this stuff with my health. And I finally let all that go. And I think that's honestly, that's kind of like um, the mantra of my late 20s was letting go of what I thought other people thought of me and letting go of it entirely and just doing what I wanted to do for me, for the sake of me being happy and me being healthy. So thanks to Jonathan and thanks to some other intuitive people in my life, I started being plant-based again at the end of 2017. And I've honestly felt incredible ever since. Um, I obviously still have my health issues, but for gut health, for... um, for digestion, for skin, for me being at my optimal weight, for the passions that I have about animal rights and the environment and health. It just makes the most sense for me. I've been passionate about the vegan and or vegetarian way of life since I was 14. And I really am at a stage in my life where I personally don't believe in eating animals and I don't believe in eating animal byproducts. And even if I did... I um, I really don't think it's best for my health and I don't judge anyone. I think everybody should do what's best for them. But I have spent this year in particular studying the whole foods plant-based way of life, the salt, oil, sugar-free, low inflammatory, anti-inflammatory way of life that has been so healing to me. And I went back to school at Cornell and Um, became an expert in plant-based nutrition. So I could just say to you, my passion runs deep and I've studied um, how safe it is and how not extreme it is. And what I find to be so much more extreme is people who eat foods that they know are not good for them. Um, And so I don't really see how eating foods that you know are good for you, for the animals and for the environment are, how that could be so extreme. But I know there are some extreme vegans out there who kind of perpetuate that extreme approach. Um, So I kind of try to be this balanced middle of the road, no pun intended, but the balanced approach that is non-judgmental, but really inviting when it comes to the plant-based way of life, because I really believe you can be plant-based, eat the yummy vegan foods. Um, It can be fun. It can be lively. It can be social. It can be sexy. It doesn't have to be boring or hippie or outdated which is why I really do feel inspired and called to create a vegan cafe one day. And I hope that one day in my 30s, I will be announcing to you guys that I opened a vegan cafe because that is um, one of my huge passions is coming up with recipes, sharing them with people and sharing my passion for the plant-based way of life and and for healing with um, with as many people as possible. Because after getting sick and really finding this new de- dedication to my health um, and to doing what's best for my health and best for my healing, I just can no longer make decisions 
to eat foods that are not healing foods for my body. So that's probably what sets veganism, plant-based diet apart for me, um, also for the animals and the environment, which I love. Such a good question. Um, Lauren Hendrick asks, if you had to pick one favorite spiritual practice, what would it be? Ooh, I mean, lately I have found the simple spiritual practices to be the most important and the most healing. So while I love practices like kundalini and channeling and mediumship and breath work, I would say something super simple like getting outside every day in nature and letting your mind go clear. Um, So like walking in nature, not having a podcast on, not having your phone on just for like 10 minutes every day and checking in with yourself. That is a form of moving meditation. It's also, it's called forest bathing, which is an ancient Japanese approach to healing. And it's not probably the most exciting spiritual modality since I have dove into so many. Um, But that would be my top spiritual practice at the moment. And it's all about simplicity. What's one place you've never traveled that you want to visit from Lauren Hendricks also? I'm dying to go to Thailand when travel opens back up again. I really see Jonathan and I going to Thailand. Um, I love it so much. Sorry, I love Bali and I love that side of the world so much that I could really see myself falling in love with Thailand. And that's a huge, that's probably at the very top of my list right now. Um, question about Saturn return. Alexandra Lauren F says Saturn return is almost over technically in December. What do you think the biggest lesson of your Saturn return was? For me, it was my health and slowing down and knowing that moving fast and living that fast paced life is not the way for me to be and letting go of that hustler mentality. Um, I always thought in the early days of building my business that I had to be a hustler in order to be successful and letting the word hustle not even be part of my vocabulary anymore is is huge and is something that I very much just want to step away from that hustle mentality and live a slow paced way of life and also promote a slow paced way of life and show people that there's many ways to be successful and moving at a rapid pace does not have to be part of finding that success. And then the other part of Alexandra's question is how do you separate your own personal goals and accomplishments and expectations from the ones that society pressures at this age? I mean, I've had to learn how to do that. Just let go of like what I think other people think of me or what's normal, quote unquote. And honestly, everything that's amazing in my life is not necessarily normal. Like I did things really differently. I left grad school and I started my blog before blogging was ever considered a career or something that people could make money off of or a living. Um, And now that is like the bread and butter of my life. It is my livelihood. It gives me so much freedom. It's so much fun. We have our amazing community. So that, that was not something that society thought was normal or that society thought a 23-year-old should be focusing on full-time, but I did it. And here we are. Now I'll be 30 in a couple days. And I'm so happy that I did something that was against the grain. And I think so many things that I do are very against the grain. Um, 
spiritual awakening. For example, I'm sure there are people out there that think I am full on batshit crazy because I channel the Pleiadians and aliens and I talk about aliens and I talk about extraterrestrial beings and how much they have influenced my life. I do things like plant medicine and go on these deep awakening journeys that have enhanced my life. And I really believe and know that we're all souls wrapped in skin. So I think that... um, My approach to life is so different than how I know most people live their life. And I just detach from what is quote unquote normal because trying to be like everybody else or trying to live up to what I think society wants from me is never something that makes me happy. Um, I'm looking at this picture because it just randomly popped up on my desktop of me on a TV show like seven years, six six years ago probably, um, talking about the book that I wrote, Breaking Vegan. And if I had followed on that path, like, oh, being on all the TV shows and um, Good Morning America and all this stuff that I, it was incredible. But if I had followed the path of being the person that everybody wanted me to be, to be on those shows and talk about having an eating disorder, I would have just fully, fully, fully disconnected from who I am in my heart, which is someone who doesn't and never did have an eating disorder and was dealing with Lyme disease. And I just felt like I was perpetuating this narrative that the media put in my in my mouth. And um, again, like society, you know, like, oh my God, you've made it if you're on Good Morning America and the doctors and Nightline and all these things. And I did all of that at a young age and accomplished my biggest goal, which was to write a book. And I realized that happiness doesn't come from those outer successes. It comes from within. And I fully plan on writing so many more books in my life. And I hope to be invited back on those shows. But I will be so much more aligned and I will be so much more myself um, this time around that it's just going to feel so much better. And I can't wait. One final question. This is from Lottie, my birthday twin. Happy 30th birthday to her as well. How will you honor your energy change of a new decade? I think what I've been doing, honestly, which is reflecting hardcore on what I do and do not want to bring with me into this new decade and this new this new stage of my life. And I really dedicated myself to doing that reflection and intention setting and goal setting and the inner work so that when I do enter this new decade, I can leave a lot of that pain behind and those painful, just like comparisons and worrying what people think about me and just embracing what I love about myself and be unique, wonderful things that make me Jordan. Um, that's how I will honor this energy change because so much happened in my 20s. Beautiful things. My entire career was built in my 20s. I got married. I met my husband. I moved back to LA. We built a home. We got Hudson. So my 20s has really given me given me everything that I have now. And I'm just going to honor that and bring it with me into my 30s. Just thanking the universe for all the blessings that I've received up until this point in my life. And then calling out like, I'm ready for more. I'm so ready for more. I'm excited to start a family in the near future. I'm excited to be this embodied version of myself. And I'm excited to continue calling in absolutely everything that um, 
that my human self wants to experience in this life. And I know that my spiritual journey will only get deeper and deeper. I want to call my psychic gifts further into existence and further separate from any part of myself that was ever concerned about um, not being so uh, earthly because I am so airy and just separating and knowing that that is my gift and stepping into that gift fully to show others that stepping into your gifts fully, that's what we're here to do. So, wow. I mean, I'm so excited and I really struggled with starting this episode because I didn't really know what direction I was going to take it. But this just goes to show that the Pleiadians always intervene and help me say exactly what I want to say and exactly what makes me feel really good about being shared with you guys. And an episode always takes form and I never go off of any notes, just so you guys know, which I think you already do know. But I love talking to you guys. I love sharing from my heart and soul with you guys. And I could go on. Um, I'm actually about to go to dinner at the Butcher's Daughter with Helen, Helen Hall, who's a guest of this podcast tomorrow, um, and with Jonathan. So that's going to be really fun. And so I've got to run and take a shower. But thank you guys so much for listening and for being here and for celebrating my 30th birthday with me. So just a reminder to enter the giveaways that we're doing, the Cured Nutrition giveaway and the Nama Juicer giveaway. We'll leave the link in the show. Oops, sorry, I just hit my microphone. We'll leave the link in the show notes for the Cured Nutrition giveaway, $400 worth of CBD to two separate winners. And you can enter the Nama Juicer giveaway on my Instagram endless times are the amount of times you can enter so enter as much as you want and then thank you to our sponsors for today's episode cured nutrition and bioptimizers we've got those links and discount codes in the show notes and for bonus entries to the giveaways rate and review the podcast on itunes send me a screenshot to jordan at thebalancebond.com and i will send you my free yoga ebook and you will also um receive bonus points for those giveaway entries. And then just final question that I wanted to answer because a few people asked, what's your favorite ever podcast episode that you've done? Um, My favorite, I have two. Episode 201 where Jonathan interviewed me is a recent one and it's so special because I feel like you get to know me and him on such deep levels. And then episode 32, which is my first solo episode and you will get to know me on a level that um, words can't even do it justice. And that one is about trauma. So don't listen to that one if you're trying to have like a happy, sunny day. But I'm so happy that you're here. Cheers to this new decade. Happy birthday to all my fellow Libras and birthday twins. Happy decade to all my fellow 1990 babies. And thank you guys for for listening and for being wonderful. I'm sending you so much love and I cannot wait to connect with you next week.